Welcome to another episode of HPR. I'm your host Enigma and today I will be talking about Google Chrome. Google Chrome is Google's first attempt at a desktop web browser and it was released yesterday. So since there was about six Slashdot articles, um, I figured I'd talk about it since people seem to be talking about it over the interwebs. Um, so the first thing I did was I looked for a Linux version. And unfortunately, they don't have one released yet. So my fallback plan, I boot up my little virtual machine on my box running VMware. And um, I install it to one of my XP VMs. Now, mind you, this VM has almost 2 gig of memory allocated to it. So your mileage may vary on slower machines. However, I, I have talked to a few people that said it, has very similar performances on uh, slower machines. It does use WebKit, a outdated version of WebKit that has a vulnerability, mind you, but it should perform pretty well on some modest hardware. So once I got it installed, it looks very strikingly like IE7, even down to the icons. So I was just fiddling around with it and um, was going through their uh, their bullet points on what features it offered. And to be quite honest, the features aren't anything new. I mean, most of them, like tab browsing, has been around since you know Firefox was was an infant, and um, there really wasn't anything that stood out to me as something that I really needed. Um, one thing of note, um, I did, I do have a traffic, traffic capture of my entire VM session. So I'm going to go back through it and look, but I could have sworn I noticed some traffic going back to the Google site. Now this might have been just, you know, looking for updates, but I kind of wanted to look at it a little more. Um, I heard from a few sources that it uh, does report back some information. I didn't. I didn't get into depth on what information um, is sent back to Google, but it does report back something at least. Uh, so I wanted to look at that a lot more. Um, but all in all, it's pretty quick. It's not. It's not blow. It doesn't blow Firefox right out of the water. I mean, it's it's comparable to Firefox, maybe a little bit faster. It really doesn't have any features that, you know, are mind-blowing, like, you know, I gotta have this to, to switch. And it... So now I'm gonna go through some of the features of Google Chrome. Uh, one of the ones that I kind of did like, but it was again, it wasn't really anything special, is the one box for everything, what they call it. And basically this means um, your web history, your address bar, and um, a Google-like search are all in your your address bar at the top. So, And it gives you suggestions on some of the sites. Like if you type, you know, binrev.com, it will actually finish the line for you if you do like a Google search. It, it gives you an option to do a Google search on that line. 
So it combines a search box. Basically, it combines the Google plugin with the address bar. Um, the new tabs page. One thing I did like about it is it gives you the most recently uh, or most recent sites or most visited sites. This can be good or bad. Um, if you surf a lot of porn and you don't want your wife to know, it could be a bad thing. Uh, if you want to get to a site that you visit like Slashdot or Binrev.com or HackerPublicRadio.org quickly, uh, can be kind of handy. Again, nothing mind-blowing. Application shortcuts. This was, this basically is adds a shortcut to your desktop for other Google apps. Calendar, uh, I don't use any of this, so whichever Google application you may or may not use, you can make an application shortcut for it. The next feature I wanted to talk about would be the dynamic tabs. Dynamic tabs meaning that you have multiple tabs across the top of your browser, and one neat thing is you can drag those tabs out to a new window quite easily. The next feature I wanted to talk about is incognito mode. Incognito mode just means that the site that you're going to isn't added to the history. And since the browser makes it so easy to search history, it uh, would be very easy for you know your significant other to find out exactly whatever uh, sites you've been to. Not that I condone you know going to sites that would get you in trouble, such as you know I'll use my porn example again. But this allows you to go to any site you want and it not be added to your history. Uh, the next feature I wanted to talk about is instant bookmarking. Um, you can just right-click on the little star icon, kind of like in IE7, and it creates a bookmark for you. Uh, import settings. You can import settings from IE or Firefox. Nothing special there. The simpler downloads was kind of cool. Um, a Firefox plugin will do it as well. I don't know that off the top of my head, I don't know what name of the plugin is, but it basically adds a little um, bar at the bottom of your browser that when you click on something to download, it adds it to, the, to that bar and it shows you the progress. And you can also click on the link and it will take you to whatever you've downloaded um, and open it up for you. So if you've downloaded an episode of HPR, you can click on the um, episode and it will start playing it in whatever you have associated with that program. So I was testing it and downloaded an HPR episode and uh, it opened with VLC because that's what I had the software, what the MP3 was attached to. So that's pretty much it on the features. I um going to put my tinfoil hat on for a second and talk about some of the privacy issues that have surrounded this. As I said before, I'm doing a web capture on all the traffic sent in and out of this virtual machine that uh, I'm running Chrome on. And once I get through that, I'll know a little more on, you know, what actually was sent back to Google. But, you know, Humor me for a minute and just consider if you're using this browser in your everyday life and uh, 
you know, you go t- to a site that you don't want Google to know about. <sighs> I don't know. I just, from the the articles I've seen and the, the EULA that I read earlier today, they've actually changed the EULA since since this morning, which I I haven't read the, the new EULA. When I installed it, I briefly browsed through it, but I didn't actually sit down and read line by line. But some of the some of the articles that I've seen in regards to the, you know privacy concerns with uh, Chrome, I just have concerns with you know what if we put all our eggs in one basket and say you know Google is going to be our desktop web browser of choice. How much information is that putting into Google's hands? And and granted, it is an open source application, and we can you know go in and see the code. But why bother go through you know however many lines of code it is to strip out all the questionable you know code that Google may have or may not have in there? I haven't seen the source code when you can just use Firefox and not really not be as concerned with this with the source code since since Firefox has been around for quite a while and I'm sure there's plenty of people that have looked at that code. So my my whole, you know, stance on the Google Chrome issue is yes, it's cool and yes, I'd like to see where it goes, but why bother at this point? Let them fix some of the bugs. Um let them fix the, you know, the outdated version of WebKit that they're running it on, and just see what happens. And uh, with that said, I think this is going to be it for me today. A um, couple of announcements before I go, guys. Um, one, I know I've said this before, but I will say it again, and I'll probably say it on every episode that I've that I that I'm on. Is thanks to all the hosts that you know do all the work. I basically do nothing around here. I. Uh, I post a show every day, and uh, my hosts, you know, the 30 or so guys that, you know, do all the work, pretty much take it from there with great content that we've, you know, been doing since January and, you know, are up to 179 episodes now, 178, whatever, and uh, I haven't heard a bad episode yet, so... Thank you again, and uh, one bit of news uh, from my front is I've been recently asked by Osprey Networks to um, air the show at 3 p.m. on their internet radio station. So as of, I think, last week, we are on at 3 p.m. every day, and we've got, I think, an hour or two time slot to um, air our shows. So hopefully that'll bring, you know, a lot more listeners to us and grow this community even, you know, bigger than it is. And uh, one of these days I'll get on here and talk about stats and, you know, how much traffic we do drive. I don't have those numbers in front of me or I would do it today, but we we get a lot of hits. We, we do fairly well. And hopefully we can keep those numbers the same and, and keep them growing. Um, 
another thing for you uh, social networking people, and yes, call me a media whore now, but uh, we do have a Twitter for HPR, and it's twitter.com slash HPR, and you can find out what I'm working on, you know, what new shows I, I post, um, <clears throat> what the show topic is of the day, things like that on my Twitter. So you can find it there and call me a social networking whore, media whore, whatever you'd like. Call me names, send me email, things like that. Um, the email address is admin at hackerpublicradio.org, um, or you can send your feedback to feedback at hackerpublicradio.org. Thanks, and uh, you guys have a great day. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.